Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new, then take a second to subscribe through your player app. And while you're listening, join our Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Do you have a podcast? Have you ever thought about starting one? If the answer is yes or even maybe to either of these questions, you are in for a treat. This week, my guest is Danny Osmond. Danny is a podcaster and also runs a podcast production company looking after dozens of shows for all kinds of podcasters. We talk about what makes a great podcast, what attracts and retains listeners, all the different ways a podcast can add real value to your personal brand and to your business. So this week, I'm thrilled to welcome Danny Osmond to the show. Danny, for those people who don't know you, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do. Who I am and where I am. Oh, well, first, I'll start where I am. I'm in Orlando, Florida. I am literally five minutes from the back door of Walt Disney World Resort. Um, in non-pandemic times, we could see and feel the... Um, fireworks every night in terms of that so that's that's how close we are and we moved down here because it's sunny all year even when it's hot it's still beautiful outside um and i grew up in the mid-atlantic um going through blizzards every couple years and things like that and i was i was done with winter what do i do i mean i would consider myself a podcast producer and consultant, that's what I call myself. Um, did I go to school for that? No. Did I sort of teach myself all this stuff and learn from doing? Yes. Um, I started out wanting to be a musician. Um, you may slightly be able to see the the drums in the background uh, behind me. But through high school, um, went to college for music. Uh, I have a music degree. Um, I have a master's degree in conducting. So in classical music, I wanted to be on stages and conducting orchestras and choruses all around the world. Um, I even went into that field professionally for about 10, 12 years working in arts nonprofits here in the United States. So um, the the people that, like I worked at the Kennedy Center in DC, I worked at the National Cathedral here. And what I realized pretty quickly in that field is that I was going to have to be 50, 60 years old before I got a really great job that I wanted. Um, you know, most young conductors are working five or six jobs to to get the experiences they want. And, you know, we still have 80-year-old conductors who are sitting on stools on stage conducting major orchestras. So, um, so I realized pretty quickly that, you know, that maybe wasn't going to work, on, work out and I was getting impatient. Um, and then in about 2008, uh, my wife and I had our first child and she suffered a brain injury during birth. So resulting in many, many, many medical issues. And we knew early on that we needed some flexibility. Um, so what that meant was I was going to be the one staying home just based on who had the better health benefits, who had, you know, the better job, the higher paying job. Um, So I really quickly had to think about, okay, well, what could I do working from home? Uh, What do I know? What am I proficient at that I could actually start earning some money from home? 
And uh, I realized that was recording. You know, as a musician, I'd always dabbled in it. I had equipment. I played around with it. I'd recorded um, instrumental groups. I'd recorded choral groups. And while I was in college, I was in um, acapella groups, which I, I know even over in the UK where you are, that's getting to be a big thing, college acapella groups. And um, if you're familiar with the Pitch Perfect movies or the TV show The Sing-Off, I actually worked on that TV show. Um, so I got into this recording these groups, recording them out of my home, traveling to them, learning more and more and more about the recording industry. All the way up to the point that I moved to Nashville and started a studio there and um, was doing this full time and realized again pretty quickly that it, this was kind of a frustrating field like music. Some of the things I'd been frustrated with in classical music carried over, uh, you know, not a lot of entrepreneurial thinking, not a lot of business thinking, um, projects that would last a year and a half, people that would disappear without paying all that sort of stuff that happens in the music industry. And, and so I started to think, okay, I need something more stable because I have a family that I'm helping support and what do I do? And I realized, okay, you know, I listen to these podcast things and I like them. And uh, you know, there's a few of them that I really like, but they sound terrible. Like, oh my gosh. So I just reached out to a couple of the people that I really liked and said, you know, your your podcast has changed my life. It's changed my business, but your sound sucks. Like, l please let me help you. Like, here's what I'm hearing. This I can do this for free. Just send it to me. I will fix it. And I started doing it for free on the side. And then it was $40 an hour. And then it was a couple of clients saying, hey, could you do this for me too? You know, first it was show notes. And it was, could you build me a website? Could you uh, help me with my social media? Could you help me grow my email list? And I just got in with the right circles of people and masterminds and things like that and started learning from other people to the point where now I've built this business where we have 30 uh, podcasts a week that we're working on. I have a team of editors. I have project managers. I have web developers, graphic designers. Um, I have a director of marketing. I have a director of operations now. And it's and it's a full system that we're you know generating this content, getting it out each week. Um, helping people start their podcast and also helping people who are busy professionals keep going um, and stay consistent uh, because that you know that's very important with a podcast certainly there was a few things that you said there that really stood out for me and the first one was 35 shows a week that's a lot mm -hmm. of work because if an average podcast is 45 minutes for some podcasts it might take you more than 45 minutes just to do the editing afterwards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm curious to know how many shows were you in before you decided, you know what, I need some help. <laughs> I think I got to the point, I got to the point of about, it was 10 or 12 shows, 10 or 12 podcasts, so one episode a week, um, a cup, maybe a couple of those shows were twice a month. Hmm. And that's when I needed help. That's when I needed, uh, you know, I at the time had been um, mentoring some other young engineers, editors, and things like that, and teaching them all about the music industry and how to record acapella groups and bands and things like that. And I realized at the time, well, I should just teach them podcast editing too, because then that's another um, skill set, that's another arrow in their quiver that they can use and grow a business on. And so that's when I brought them in. But I'll tell you one thing that a lot of people don't think about, and it, you know, 
in terms of once you develop a skill, you get faster and faster at it, right? Um, and most people know that. They know that inherently because they are an expert at something. And they, they learned it and they do it fast. So most podcast editors, most audio engineers, they, you know, there's a learning curve. It takes some time at the beginning. But I'll tell you, at this point, most editors that work for me, most engineers that work for me, they edit at 1.5 times speed or mm. two times speed. They can go through something in real time. Um, or there's new tools that are coming out every day. One that has revolutionized this industry in the last couple of years is uh, a, a software uh, or an app, I guess, is um, called Descript, where it started out as a transcription tool, but then they began using AI in the software to identify, okay, well, here's filler words like um or uh, like, you know, just sort of, and you can strip those out. And at first it was really hardcore, drastic. Like I was like, oh, we can't use this because, you know, the, the edits are too sharp and they chop off breaths and we got to restore the pause. It just takes too much time. But over the last year, they've added some things to like restore the gap around some of those words and little tweaks where, you know, that saves us five to 10 minutes. And then we can spend more time on making it sound better than just doing the, the silly detailed editing that we normally would. But, you know, with an editor, they're still, they go through the whole episode two times speed to make sure that something doesn't get missed or something that um, we work a lot on clarity with some of our clients where, you know, they, they may ask a question and then they rephrase the question. And then they ask the question a third time because they finally figured out what they wanted to ask. So we'll, we'll help that out and keep the pace of an episode going and cut out, you know, three or four minutes of that just in clarity sometimes. What you described there makes perfect sense. And yeah, Descript is witchcraft. There's another mm -hmm. feature I discovered where if you decide, you know what, I, what I said there makes no sense. You can actually just change it in the text and the transcription. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And AI actually fills in your words. It speaks for you. It's just insane. It shouldn't yeah. work, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that's um, the spooky stuff i like i can understand how it can find certain words and cut them out automatically but it's the when we're crafting someone's voice and using their voice to create yeah that's um i've used it too to create you know uh commentary for videos and things like that right. where you can type it out and it will be someone who's a voiceover person and it reads it for you that's a good idea mm-hmm now, the other thing you mentioned, which I thought this is really important to hear, is lots of people try to break into a business mm -hmm. and they complain that the business doesn't want them. And there's a price of entry and the price of entry is proving yourself. And sometimes doing it for free is a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I got started yeah. many years ago in, in my business. Just what do you need? I'll do it for free. I'll show you I can do it. Build up portfolio yeah. and people go, you know what? That guy's good. I want him. Yeah. And then you can charge. Yeah, because it still comes down to any business like this m most of our clients have come from referral mm. and whether that's a person-to-person -person referral um, one of our clients says hey I have this other friend who's starting a podcast you should talk to Danny and his team or what I've seen too some of our clients you know I come on your show or I'm on our friend Lauren Davis's show or I'm on the brand you podcast with Mike Kim and I I then get someone emailing me, say, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast. 
that's where I've seen that type of growth and, and referrals, you know, things like products and, and workshops and courses and things like that. I've seen those sales come from email list or for, from ads or things like that. Um, but the referrals have come from people or podcasts. And that's why I tell people all the time, podcasts really are not content marketing. They're referral marketing because mm. I'm sure you've seen that the people that listen to your podcast, because they spend 30 minutes with you or 40 minutes with you, and and 93% of podcast listeners listen to more than half or all of an episode, they're spending the amount of time that a friend would spend with you or a student would spend with you. And so when they say, hey, check out this podcast, or hey, you're, you've got a podcast and you need help, you should go check out Danny um, or Emerald City Productions or whatever, that's a referral. That's coming from that connection, that trust that they've developed from listening to your podcast or listening to you as a friend or a mentor. So something I want to ask you about, because you're a great person to ask this specific question to. I speak to clients all the time and I'm talking about content marketing and sure. all the activities that you could be using to promote your business. I'll put it that way. So some people will tell you, you need to do ads. Another person says, oh, you should do search engine marketing. Another person says, nah, just AdSense and AdWords rather. Yeah. And another person says podcast and somebody else is saying YouTube. And how's the average person supposed to discriminate? It's really, really hard. So I use the analogy of investing. Yeah. You have short-term investments and that's paid traffic. You have medium-term investments, that's content marketing, social media content marketing in particular. Yeah. And then long-term investments, that's blog podcast and yeah. YouTube. Yeah. And the reason I put them in the long-term investment category is because if you start investing today, you might see no direct benefit for a year or two years. But when the dividend comes in, when the interest rate kicks in, it pays a high compound yeah. interest. But there are lots of there are lots of reasons to do a podcast beyond content. Some of the things I noted down here are many people will use it as a sales opportunity. So the interview, the demographic that actually happens to coincide with their ideal customer, is a great reason to do it. It's marketing. It's great for building your personal brand and your authority. It's incredible for networking because you get to spend time with amazing people. You get to choose who they are and they probably wouldn't speak to you otherwise. And then you get to build community and audience around that. Now I'm curious to know when you speak to your clients, what are their motivations for doing a podcast? I'm sure it's quite diverse, but do you see any patterns? Yeah, it it is diverse. Um, you know, like you're, you're saying, I, I love that analogy of investments. I've written that down and I'm going to start using that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. That's a great explanation. You can have it. Um, the thing that I see too is that the audiences and the, the way people are um, consuming these different channels of content, the audiences are different. And so if you think you have uh, uh, your avatar or the ideal client that you want to work with, there's a chance that they're a blog reader. There's a chance that they like YouTube. There's a chance that they're a podcast listener. Um, there's a chance that they don't do any of those three and they just scroll through Instagram or they don't like that and they're only on LinkedIn. There's all these different types of people. So you have to kind of be everywhere um, in in some way or another whether that's other people promoting you whether that's ads that are promoting you um, or whether that's doing this 
long-term content. The reasons that I see people podcasting, especially the people that work with us, what you know, one, there's the people that they don't want to do video. They don't want to be on video. They're not comfortable. They're, and you know, I have several clients who are therapists. And so I hear them talk about how people behave and how they feel about things and the, and the things they've dealt with in life and how it affects them. And so I can understand, yeah, there's just people that are never going to want to be on video, but they want, they have something to say. Um, then there's the people that they don't feel they can write. Um, but they're a talker. So there's those people that I, I'm going to do a podcast because I can talk and I can feel comfortable talking. Um, and even those people sometimes get into it and they feel weird because they're talking into a microphone by themselves. Um, so you've got that. You've got the people that have just too much to say. Um, you know, maybe they're they're a professor, they're uh, a lawyer, they're teaching something. Um, they're, they just it's not going to fit. They can't do 40 minute videos because nobody's going to watch a 40 minute video, but they'll listen to a podcast. So for the most of them are, they find that they, they like the medium of podcasting first. They listen to podcasts, so they get it. They, when I say to them, Hey, you know, you know how you think of that podcast host as like a friend, you know, when you're listening to that show, you feel like you're hanging out with people and they're like, oh, yeah, I get that. That's that's usually the reason that puts most people over the top is they get that effect, that connection effect that podcasts have. And then, like, that's why I think your analogy is so brilliant. A lot of people stick with the podcasting because they realize that is their long-form content. That is the content that they can chop up and repurpose. That is the content that they can transcribe and send to uh, a VA to turn into social media posts um, because it's their voice. They can they can create a messaging post. They can create a get to know me type of post out of that content. Um, they can, you know, f- pull quotes from that and see how quotes perform at, when they're on Twitter or Instagram and what sort of likes people give them for those quotes and then they can turn those quotes into short videos where they just rant about something for two to five minutes. Um, that kind of that would be I think where I see people falling in podcasting is they they either know they they want to talk or that's the easiest way for them to get their thoughts out and then they realize, oh, that's the most natural thing for me to connect with other people is to, to do that and then I can repurpose it and and save myself time. You mentioned the word effect right at the beginning of what you were talking about there. And it's been rattling around in my head as you were sort of talking about all those other things. And again, when I'm telling people, you should think about a podcast, they can't visualize what the outcome is going to be beyond, I'm going to have a podcast and the podcast will have listeners and people will love me. And a lot of the time that's just not the case. But you speaking and dealing with lots of podcasters, you will have seen firsthand multiple times the transformation that that can have that's not expected. And I'm curious to know because I try and explain this to people and sometimes they get it. And then two weeks later, they've forgotten it and they're back to looking at this just looks like hard work. So paint the picture for people. What can the future look like if you start thinking about the podcast, if you actually make that jump? 
Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, I think it was Lauren Davis actually said this to me when we were talking at one point. She said she, re- she respected that, like, I'm really blunt. I don't paint a rosy picture um, when trying to sell a podcast a lot of the time. I'm not one of those people like, you're going to start a podcast and then you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people following you and listening to you and, and being your tribe. It's going to be just like Joe Rogan. It's going to be like, you're going to start a movement. Um, I do not do that. I tell people right off, look, a podcast does not go viral. It, it, it is a weird system where you have all these different search engines for people to find you, all these different apps for people to consume your content. There's not one ecosystem there's not one set of comments. There's not one set of ratings and reviews. It's just really all over the place. In the truest sense of the word, it's really an organic medium. So I tell them that it's it's not going to go viral. Like this is your place to develop your core audience. This is your place to develop your loyal following. This is kind of like your email list. It's one of those things that because there's so many places for people to consume it, because you own your email list, if all of a sudden, Apple Podcast goes away. There's Spotify. There's Google Podcasts. There's things to pick it up. Um, it's just like if you built your whole business on Facebook, oh, my gosh, I'm really sorry for you. Um, I was talking with a friend yesterday who she's dealing with stuff right now where Facebook has gotten rid of her profile and gotten rid of her main page. And she had half of her stuff on Facebook was how she was connecting and building and whatever. And luckily, she has a huge email list, too. So she was able to go back to that. So with a podcast, what happens is for the first, for most people, the first six months, it feels like you're talking to nobody and nobody's talking back. And I'll talk about how to deal with that. But after six months, after a year, you, and, and after six months to a year of you saying, Hey, please share this. Please tell people, you know, if I've said something that would help other people share this with them after six months to a year of that you start to notice that the community is building and people are talking back. And when you say something on the podcast, you start to get those responses. And when you, if you're in business and you're an online business or whatever, and you're doing a podcast and you say, hey, I'm going to do this webinar, more people register. Hey, I'm going to do this workshop. More people sign up. People want to come and join you because what you're doing and again, this is, is reliant on if if you're talking to the right people or what you're saying is interesting or you're really helping people solve a problem, then it works because people will start to come to you and connect with you and, and rely on you and be very loyal. But for a while, it, it just feels like nothing's happening. So I tell people early on, you know, you have to talk to your listener from the beginning. It can't just be... For 50 episodes, I'm going to teach, 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 and solve all these problems. Well, if you don't sometime in those first 10, 15, 20 episodes say, hey, tell me tell me what problems you have. If you just assume, if you don't really know your listener, you're going to fail. Like If you don't say, hey, send me questions, give me feedback. If you could spend 15 minutes with me, what would you ask me? What are you dealing with right now? If you start that from the beginning, usually the growth is, is or the connection, the engagement growth of people talking back and it being a conversation and people starting to buy and people starting to participate, that happens quicker if you talk to the listener from the beginning. 
a lot of people get the idea for a podcast and they want to, I'm going to interview all these interesting people and they spend six months interviewing people. And then, because I've, I have clients that I've had this conversation with where they, they, they say for six months, I've been interviewing all these amazing people and people with huge audiences who've shared this. And I still have two reviews on Apple. And, and I say, well, I think you're maybe talking to the wrong audience or you're giving them the wrong content. You know, maybe you're you're teaching them all about uh, growing their business or customer service or something like that. And you've been providing them all this inf- interesting information, but no one's reviewed it. And I was like, well, you're most likely talking to business owners and small business owners who are really swamped and busy and they don't have time to review you. They need help. So if you want people talking to you maybe you need to tell them how you help them and not just provide them information what do you do like what do you do with clients bring some clients on coach some people on the show so they know what it's like to work with you Um, if you started this podcast to generate leads you need to show them what it's like to work with you uh, because you just won't get that connection and so the 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 effect is after six months to a year even if it's 500 people a week or 200 people a week, you've created this group of people, 200, 500, 1,000 people, 5,000 people maybe, that if you ask them to do something, they will do it or they will be there for you or they will answer you or they will buy something or they will join you um, because they trust you at that point. I agree with all of that. I think that the area I was maybe looking for some anecdotes i guess is maybe mm-hmm. the right word is oh i have anecdotes. Out, outside of the podcast <laughs> yeah because actually for me the majority of the magic is outside of the podcast right right and i have anecdotes you know personally for me outside of my podcast that's where i've gotten client leads that's where you know when i do uh like a a I have my podcast launch intensive where I teach people soup to nuts how to do their podcast. Half the people that register, like, I I met you, I heard of you through listening to your podcast, and that's why I signed up for this. Um, One of the most interesting anecdotes I have is from a client who started a show. uh, She's a therapist, and she was based in Nashville, Tennessee, and went on... They went to Spain on vacation. They were dropping off their son, I believe, for uh, like a semester abroad type thing. And someone, I I think one of her other sons got a headache was what happened. And she needed to go to the pharmacy to get some ibuprofen. She walks in the door of the pharmacy, you know, four or 5,000 miles away from where she lives. And the woman behind the counter recognizes her and says, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. You've changed my life. And she doesn't have a huge audience, but halfway around the world, someone listened to her and recognized her and knew everything about her, um, you know, had a friendship with her that was only one way, but really considered her a friend. And that's the type of thing that happens all the time. You know, I I have a, a client who used to be a lawyer and now he helps lawyers be more flexible, systematize their businesses so that they can grow further. And he started his business as a blog um, and grew it on a blog for 10 years. 
and tells me all the time now, two years into doing his podcast, that if he had to do it all over again, he would have started with a podcast because he would have known that in 30 days, he would have been able to build an audience that he could start helping where it took him three years with the blog. If Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels did something once where he asked like 30 of his most successful people, if they lost everything tomorrow and had to start over, what would they do? And they said, I'd start a podcast and my email list right away, and then I'd start doing webinars. Like, mm. ha- hands down. Like, I need the people that know me and trust me because then they are my ambassadors to grow my brand. And I can trace, like, I can trace the growth of my business to podcasts. Some of the mentors that I have that have helped me grow my business from, like, a struggling $50,000 a year revenue business to where it is now multi six figures they were people I heard on podcasts and then when I listened to 50 of their episodes because podcast listeners find a podcast and then they listen to everything usually I show my clients every quarter their stats and I look back and I'm like look go back to episode one you still have 30 people a month going back and listening to every episode finding those people and listening to 50 episodes I was like oh yeah I'll buy this course or I'll sign up for this mastermind, or I'll join this, because, yeah, I can tell they know what they're talking about. They're an expert. Um, and I hear that over and over and over again from our clients, that sort of effect. As you might know, this show is supported by our sponsor, Agora Pulse. Now, you know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business, the accounts, the meetings, the never-ending inbox. And that's why I teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to amplifyme.agency forward slash Agora Pulse to score two months for free on me. Now, all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. So another question that, that I hear a lot, and it's a live question for me as well, is the question of format. I've been very consistent with the guest interview format because it serves my selfish need to speak to great people. But I believe it serves my audience in terms of I want to bring them great stories, great role models, because people learn best from people. And you know, the kind of conversation that you might overhear if you were sitting at the table with people at a conference who were great, and you think, my God, I can't believe I'm sitting here listening to that conversation. That's kind of what this podcast is for. But then there was a brief period, and some listeners will remember this, where I dropped in some solo episodes as well. But it just kind of felt wrong because it was breaking the flow. It was breaking the consistency. So I stopped doing it. So what's your advice or how structured or unstructured do audiences expect you to be? You, you kind of know what, what the question is I'm asking. Yeah, so, I do. Um, and it's a really good question. What question should I be asking? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's um, literally one of the questions. So monetization is like the question I get asked all the time. And then format is probably number two. And then number three is how do I grow my audience? Like I get those questions over and over and over. (laughs) Format to me is something that can be a little bit flexible and it really depends upon what is your goal for your podcast. If your goal is to provide interesting content and it's about 
people getting to know you, but also learning. You know, you could totally do interview after interview after interview after interview. Because even if you do interviews, you have the chance to let people know who you are. You can do segments, things like that. What I tell people starting out, especially if they want to generate leads, if they want to, you know, monetize in some way that is not advertising, they want to sell things, they want to get people into their programs or um, anything like that, I tell them that they have to really think about people and their need to connect to you as the host. And I do that often. I tell I tell people, like, I have a very strict, hey, here are your first five episodes. You have to do this. Your first episode has to be your story, where you've come from, how you've gotten to this point, and why you're doing this podcast. And then episode two is all about why you're doing this podcast and what the podcast is going to be. So, you know, we have our trailer episode, which is a couple minutes long. Um, but your second episode, your main episode, needs to be about what are they going to get out of this podcast. Um, and if you go a year or two down the road and it's changed, you can always redo those episodes because people are always going back to them. And then episode three, four, and five, I tell people, do like really value-heavy episodes. Even if they're interviews, solve the main three problems you get. Uh, answer the three main questions you get. So like for me, it would be to talk about monetization, talk about format, talk about audience growth. And then from there, you can go. Like if you really want to think about uh, getting an engaged audience early on, it's good to talk to the audience more before you get into more interviews with experts. Um, so for the coaches, for the speakers, for the the people that are really trying to grow a personal brand business, I ask them to focus more on them solving problems and talking to clients, current clients that they have, uh, providing case studies, interviewing people that they would love to have as clients. You know, I know you mentioned that earlier in terms of a sales effort before and then look at interviews as a way to provide deeper expertise into a certain part of the thing, the subject that they talk about all the time. Because, you know, podcasting, you have all sorts of different shows out there. You have political shows, you have talk shows, you have entertainment shows, you have business shows, you have all these things. And the, the format is different for each of them. And I tell people, try a bunch of different things and figure out what works best, best and always talk to your audience because they will tell you what they like. Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily rely on going into your stats in Libsyn to see how people are behaving or thankfully with Apple's new um, announcement the, that they're, you know, going out of beta with their analytics on Apple Podcasts, that's going to be great for a lot of people to be able to see more detail about how people are listening. But you don't have to rely on that. Rely on anecdotes from your audience too. Like the people that respond, the people that will record a voicemail on SpeakPipe or send you an email or comment or DM, those are the people that are going to be most engaged anyway, in my opinion. So it's good to get their thoughts on that. And and you can, um, like I was talking about earlier, like you can do the 45-minute interview and then instead of doing a 5- to 10-minute outro at the end to give your thoughts, break that off into a separate episode and see how that does. And see if, like, if you get more comments on those social posts than you did on the interview. Um, I hear people from people now that they're like, I don't even listen to the interviews anymore. I listen for the host's response 
because I care about what Bob thinks, not, you know, so-and-so interviewee that I have never met. That's why I tell people when they, you know, we'll, we'll talk, if you want to talk about growing audiences, that's fine. But, you know, when they're borrowing audiences by going on other podcasts as a guest, I tell them, hey, you know, that audience trusts the host more than they trust you. Don't necessarily throw a, a really heavy lead magnet out there, you know, where you're asking them to go download it and give you their email address. Throw an episode of your podcast out there that goes deeper into a subject. Like, let them start to build a relationship with you, and then maybe your opt-in at the end is like, just go to my website or, or go to this, because you'll always have stuff there. Go to something evergreen. Mm-hmm. But remember, they trust the host more. They're there for the host, usually, and the host's either opinions or the host's curation of guests. So, yeah, even with interviews, you're still building that. But um, so that that's my answer with formats. It's It can be whatever your audience wants it to be or what you want it to be. What I do caution people, though, is if you're thinking about a podcast, don't spend a year agonizing over what the format's going to be and not do a podcast just get started because again this is your long form content this is your incubator this is where you can do stuff and try stuff and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks because the people that are going to spend 30 to 45 minutes with you are going to be relatively forgiving of you trying out new content now i will say they won't be forgiving of bad sound quality they will leave because of bad sound quality, but they'll stick around and let you try. Hey, this, we're going to do some interviews for the next two months. But I can tell you, you know, I've seen clients where they did two months of interviews and their downloads went up. And then I've had more clients who they, you know, maybe they did, they were doing solo episodes and interviews and then they got in a rut where they had a backlog of interviews and they did two months in a row of interviews and their downloads went down. Because people were like, well, we want to hear from you. We don't just want to hear week in, week out, you asking questions. We want to hear from you some. So people like that, I've, I've said, hey, just sprinkle in a five-minute episode later in the week to connect or share a little nugget. There's a lot to think about there. Now, I have another question. And I think this is probably going to be something that a lot of people worry about, especially if they're looking at investing a lot of time because putting a podcast together in the beginning is very time consuming until you get to the point where you can hand off things like the editing or the promotion. For most people, it's going to be probably a couple of hours a week of work. And it, it comes around the question of saturation. I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the podcasting boom is probably over. If you don't have a podcast by now, you've probably missed the boat. Now, I have some numbers against this, but I'm curious to see your perspective. Yeah, I... You know, I was just looking. Um, it's gotten to the point now where I don't even look at Edison Research's um, Infinite Dial study each year, like right when it comes out. It used to be when I got in this, like, oh, I don't want to look at it right away. I want to look at it and see how things have changed and what's new. And over the last few years, it's been like just it's going to be it's an accepted fact that more people are going to listen to podcasts. And so I, I was just checking it out this morning. Um, they released it a little over a month ago now. And they talked a lot about the pandemic and and how they were like, well, we thought that this would affect podcasts. And right away it did. And podcast listenership went down for those first couple of months. But then it came back more than the year before and it actually grew faster than the year before that. And and so I was like, okay, yeah, this podcast. People love this. I, I tell people all the time, um, 
this is this is what humans do since we were cavemen and women we sat around a fire and we talked to each other okay that that's how we communicated music and talking and so that's why i think those two mediums audio in general more so than video more so than blogs and things like that will continue to grow and grow and grow because this is how humans want to communicate we want to talk to each other I think that's why we've seen so many issues with social media and and texting and and all that sort of stuff where where people are feeling more disconnected. It's because that's not how we work. We haven't evolved to communicate with our thumbs yet. It's going to be thousands of years before that, tens of thousands of years before any of that happened. So that's why I say to people, yeah, there's millions of podcasts now. There's a lot of dead podcasts too. And you can hit, you know, the nail on the head uh like someone actually we both know who recently started a podcast um they were hitting this point of pod fade you know where they're like it just feels like no one's listening no one's talking back and i happened to you know go in and look at their stats and i was like hey i want to point out to you that your stats are 10 times what any of our other clients have been in their first three months you have something here the growth here that still happens. Like you can pick that topic, um, and then I immediately went into Apple Podcast and was like, "Let me type the main search term, the main keyword for your type of podcast." And I knew it. It came up right away. They were in the first two podcasts that were there. They picked a niche that people were looking for that didn't have enough content. So it's still possible to do that, but more likely, what is going to happen is you're going to create a podcast. And it's going to grow really slowly. So I tell people, like, you know, if you can't afford help, like working with a, a, a company like mine, pick something that you can do that you're not going to have to edit a lot. You know, it's as simple as buying a $100 microphone that is a USB microphone and plugs into your laptop and turning on QuickTime or turning on voice recorder on your iPhone or whatever and just recording and figuring out what is a what is a time what is a length of time, um, what is a way for you to do that so that it sounds natural and you don't have to edit it that much and it's not going to be annoying to people. Like you don't have to have music at the beginning. You don't have to figure out all those things. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you just have to get started. You have to start ugly and get going, because then what you'll see is six months to a year from now when your business has grown and you're like yeah i can invest two hundred dollars a month in this or five hundred or a thousand dollars a month in this then you can get some help and then by that time the audience is starting to grow and then you've got this core audience this group of people that are going to be the ones that help you grow your business to that next level Um, so that's why you just get started do it because again it's going to help you even if you're doing it by yourself and you're sending it to ophonic and it's ai mastering and it's making it acceptable to so it's not going to annoy people in terms of sound quality um it's there it's for there for people to find it's content that very easily you could then throw into otter.ai or temi or whatever and get a transcript and be like oh yeah that quote looks good or what's the what's the the app that can plug into zoom grain where you can oh, I hadn't heard of that yeah it, it'll re- it, it attaches to zoom and it records the zoom call and then it automatically transcribes it and then you can cut video clips from the transcript by just it's kind of like we were talking about with this script you can 
cut a short video, like 50 seconds of you talking because you said something brilliant and there's video there and boom, you can post that to social media. And that took you five minutes. <clears throat> you know, there, there's all sorts of tools that are making it easier, but you, like you, I've seen you talk about a lot. You just got to get started and you just got to show up and you got to be there because that's how businesses are growing now. I mean, we yeah. saw that from the pandemic. You can't have a brick and mortar shop. You can't have a, a, a store on the high street and and survive anymore. You've got to have a backup. Like I I had an anecdote, I have an anecdote of um, we have a client who's a dentist. He's an oral surgeon. And he has been doing a podcast for a while where he was helping young dentists um, learn how to run a more effective practice. Um, grow a business and you know these are young guys and women that are coming out of medical school dental school and they've got lots of loan payments and bills and all this sort of stuff and then all of a sudden they got to pay rent and start it and buy all this equipment and what do they do what do we do and and he had lived through the 2008 2009 2010 recession um and he realized okay i learned a lot of stuff from that and what he i think literally the week before the NBA shut their season down, he released an episode about how dental practices and the dent dentistry was a recession-proof business because all, the, all of them survived the recession and they didn't have as many problems as everybody else. And literally the next episode he had released was, well, I never thought about a pandemic. Oh my gosh! I just had to. I just had to lay off my entire staff. We've shut our business. I don't know when we're going to open. So it was one of those things where, like, you you have to have this content. You have to have an email list. You can't just rely on TV commercials and at and the old school stuff. You've got to be in all the places because the audience and the the customers and the clients are in all the places now. You just have to figure out what is the easiest way for you to do that. Danny, I'm looking at the time and I know you have commitments soon, so I think we should probably bring it to a close. Anybody listening that's thinking about a podcast, hopefully you've had some inspiration, fueled some of your enthusiasm, hopefully filled some of the gaps in your knowledge. If you do have questions, I'm sure you can reach out to Danny. Danny, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, the best way is um, my website, dannyosmond.com or emeraldcitypro.com is our agency. Um, and I'm at Danny Osmond on all the social media stuff. And right now, like if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you need help, uh, I do something every quarter called our podcast launch intensive. And if you go to dannyosmond.com slash PLI, you can find out more about that. And I guess that's launch or relaunch. Yeah, launch or relaunch. <laughs> um, we've had... I've had people that had podcasts go through it just because they'd done it all themselves and they just, it, it wasn't growing the way they thought it was and they wanted more advice or they wanted someone to take a look at it or they wanted to learn some more skills because we go through the branding and the startup and figuring out the title and how people are going to find it, but then also um, creating all the, the marketing collateral around it and learning how to record and learning how to edit so that you can provide something better and then how to launch it how to get it out so that audiences can find it and actually launch to an audience so that you're not just talking to crickets yeah danny osman 
from Emerald City Pros. Thank you so much for your time. Before I go, I often forget this. Yeah. And probably using video today, if you're not, if you're listening to this on a podcast, on audio only, this is the first time we're experimenting with video as well. So if I sound a bit weird, it's probably because I'm not used to seeing pictures as well. <laughs> My signature question, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? Definitely outsourcing. Mm. Um, I made the mistake of trying to figure out stuff by myself for too long. I, I'm an Enneagram three, wing four, if you're into the Enneagram. So I'm a, you know, a control freak. Like I, I thought I knew, you know, I'm going to know the best way to do it. I need to do it myself because I can't teach anybody else to do it. So not even, not just hiring experts in marketing or all these things that I'm not an expert in. Um, but also ask, you know, getting help growing my team. And I, yeah, I can teach somebody how to do this. I can trust somebody to do this because if I don't trust somebody to do this part of my business and make mistakes, I'm never going to grow. Like if I'm always going to rush in there and say, no, just let me do it. it it's, I'm never going to grow because I don't have the time to do that. So that definitely would be the thing that I wish I'd started sooner rather than later. That's a great answer. Oh, I better say thank you. And yeah. <laughs> Danny Osmond, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Bob. There are so many reasons to start a podcast. I couldn't be even begin to know how to motivate you. Hopefully this episode has given you some food for thought and the confidence that it's very far from too late to launch something very special. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and join our Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. Also connect with me wherever you hang out. You'll find me on all the social platforms at Bob Gentle. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would make my day. And if you shared the show with a friend, you would literally make my golden list. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks to you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.